Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. And this is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today I want to talk to you about something that I have to be reminded of personally on a regular basis. And in, that is, in order to get results with patience, you need patience. And we often want to do the best for our horses, our dogs, even our humans, and we want this immediacy of results. I want to see it now. Everything's in the moment. You text, you want a response right away. And in order to achieve the best possible results, it is so important to be patient enough to give your techniques time to work. Yeah, and I think we're stuck in a society of instant gratification. I mean, you go on the internet, find out exactly what you need to know right now. It's not like you and have it to, will be wrong. Yeah, fact <laughs> and it checking, be wrong. Fact checking is wrong. a thing. But know? remember the days where you used to have to go to the library and do either use the Dewey Decimal System and look stuff up. I mean, do you think about how much longer things used to take? And now in this era of everything's got to be faster, food has to be faster, information has to be fatter, faster, everything has <laughs> to be. Get it to me, get it to me, get it to me now. And the thing is that in order to build muscle, it takes time. In order to reduce inflammation, it takes time. And in order for the brain to connect in a healthier pattern, it takes time. And I was thinking about this this morning as I was watching my dog continuously get better. My 12-year-old German Shepherd that I taped last week in order to demonstrate that her hind end weakness was affected more by thoracic contraction than actual dysfunction in the hind end. And every day I said, I'm gonna take the tape off, I'm gonna take the tape off, even though it's staying on rather um, uh, tenaciously. And I watched her move today, and I watched the hind end move absolutely correctly and her body be straight and I said it's not done working yet and I looked at myself in the imaginary mirror and I said Wendy be patient things take time that had to be hard for you (laughs) it it was patience is not one of her biggest virtues and she, she can be impatient about some things, and we all get impatient about things. Sometimes I get impatient at, at move, working with a horse, and sometimes it, it, yes. it starts throwing me around, and I get impatient with it. Does that help when I get impatient with it? Nope, it really does not. I call it Joe versus the volcano. and I'm the volcano. No, you're Joe. <laughs> you're Joe, and you get blown up, or I get kicked, as happened this week, when... You have to read the circumstances. You know, if you have, as we had last week, a horrific trauma where our dog was bofood and had neurotoxicity and we nearly lost her and her heart stopped, no time to be patient. Emergency care. You have to know when to do CPR and when to do cardiovascular training. So wisdom factors into your patients. Yeah, um, it, obviously wisdom factors in, but understanding the, the timeline of healing, the timeline of healing is is indetermined. I mean, you have to look at the science behind what you're doing. You know, how is the body reacting? 
How is the muscle being developed? How long does it take? What exercises are necessary? How old are they? What pre-existing conditions may have locked in a pattern that is not ideal? What nutrition are they getting? So when we want our patients to get the ideal results, it, you start with your patients in gaining the proper data. Because how many of you out there practitioners come to find out when something isn't going as fast as you think that there was a whole host of pre-existing injuries that you were not informed about? Or concurrent therapies that you weren't informed about? So we really need to stop and take the time to first understand the situation, evaluate the situation, and be prepared for the flexibility of changing the technique if it's not performing correctly, but giving it enough time before, and, and how often do we have this, where somebody tried something and said, oh, that didn't work. Well, how long did you give it? I don't know, an hour. Yeah. When, when perhaps six weeks would have been more appropriate timeline, or six months if you're looking for developmental changes. And what the difference between working with something that is six months to a year versus 16 to 22. How are you factoring in the timeline that you're expecting results with? Yeah. And my favorite is, oh, gee, I just got hurt. What exercises can I do? Well, what exercises did you do prior to getting hurt? Oh, well, none. Well, this probably isn't the best time to start exercising since now you're hurt. Maybe right. you need to take a little bit of time to heal first. And this is just humans and animals and your animals, not just you humans out there. But you have to get some time to heal the issue and then start the exercise. One of the things you'll hear us say a lot is addressing pain first. You cannot rehab a dog or a horse, and you can talk about humans, but I, I'm caring more about the, uh, the quadrupeds right now, if there's pain, because if there's pain, there's going to be compensation. If there's pain, there's going to be reluctance to move, and making them move through it might be expedient, and it might be catastrophic. So the patients to wait till they are ready, which is very difficult during show season, whether you're a horse show person or an agility show person, where whatever that desire, but I've, but I've spent all this money to get here, I want it done now. Understand that there is a cost to benefit ratio that it's important to at least consider and know what your risks are. Yeah, because you're not dealing with a machine. You're dealing with live tissue that no matter what you do takes a certain period of time to heal. No matter how much laser, no matter how much MagnaWave, no matter how much adjusting, no matter how many pills, potions, and lotions you try, there's still a period of time it takes to heal tissue. First lesson in chiropractic school, 1977, limitation of matter. You have to have the matter in order to rehabilitate it, which means that if there's no muscle there, until you build muscle that can perform, you are not going to get the quality that you desire. So 
dialing back and being patient to do your foundation, to make sure that the breathing is going correctly. We spent a lot of time with horses the other day just discussing that putting a girth on too tight and causing that level of pain over the ribs is going to affect breathing, which is going to affect oxygenation, which is going to affect muscle development. You know, Dave mentioned, you know, we're not a machine. When you take your car into the mechanic and they're doing diagnostics, they're, they're not going to give you the car back that day. So we kind of have an understanding that fixing a mechanical problem or, heaven help you, an electrical problem can take quite a long time until you delve into what is the cause. What is the input that's causing the output that is not desired? And what input will get you the desired output? And when people ask us, how long will this take? The only honest answer is, I don't know. There are no two horses alike, no two dogs alike, no two humans alike. And kitty cats are about as unique as uh, snowflakes. There's so many different environmental issues you have to deal with. Uh, and like we said before, it's the nutrition, the environment that they that they live in. Do they have? Are they walking around in soft sand? Or are they walking around on hard ground? I mean, there's so many different variabilities that lead to a delay of healing. Oh, absolutely. What if they are also dealing with some form of internal metabolic problem? Will they heal as fast as if they were in the best? overall health status possible? And the answer is no, they won't. So you have to factor in. And do all of the people on your team communicate with each other? Sometimes things are done that are counterproductive because there's not enough level of communication between all the practitioners who are a part of your healthcare organization. Yeah. So it takes that community, that takes that community working together to create the results that you want. And it's, it's going to take patience. It takes patience just to get everybody there. Yeah, you have to, you have to sort of take your, your inner Varushka, I want it now, and your inner two-year-old who's stomping their feet and doesn't care that the reality of the situation is different than the fantasy of the situation. And it, then go... If I were patient, what would that look like? And build a picture of yourself understanding all of the components and being flexible in your expectations because that is a huge um, component of patience is that flexibility to know that this is how I'll handle it if they heal in a day, in a week, in a month, and what will I do if it's going to take longer? You know, if you have a fracture and your veterinary or orthopod says to you, it's going to take six, 10, whatever weeks based upon the nature or the surgical intervention, there's a, a reality there that most of you will fight, but it, it's, it's a possibility or a probability. When you are looking to be more patient, look at what the probabilities are and be prepared and have action steps that will help you cope 
with the impatience, I practice this on a minute-to-minute basis. Yes. Just, you know. Yeah, because mindset makes a big difference too. We've I've seen mindset makes a big difference in healing. So having the correct mindset will actually speed the healing process. If you have to slow yourself down a little bit in the process, that's what it takes. But you have to give yourself time for healing. And paying attention. One of the other things with being patient enough to get the best possible results is how are you monitoring progress? What are your parameters and what are you doing to stay on top of that and be able to relate it to the healthcare workers who are working with you? You know, it's really uh, fascinating to me how tunnel vision we can be as humans in what we observe and what we do not observe. And we all look through our uh, eyes with a certain filter, seeing only the best or only the worst, or seeing pieces of the puzzle, but as though you're looking through a microscope as opposed to a, a telescope. How do we choose what information is important, which will help feed your patience. You know, having a plan helps you develop more patience. Yeah. And patience pays off in the long run because there's nothing more frustrating than having an animal that's been injured and then bringing it back too quickly and then getting it re-injured. Now it's out longer than what it would have been initially if you'd just given it time. And knowing the personality, you know, the stoic horse or the stoic dog versus the drama queen. Or the high drive, the high drive animal that will just perform no matter what. The leg's hanging off and it's still going forward. Absolutely. So understanding that personality helps you know how best to interact and, again, feed your Patients, and for you practitioners out there, um, patients are not generally the most reliable sources of information unless you give them direct questions. How specifically is this performing? What are you noticing? What is the behavior? Are they eating the way they used to? What what is changed and what has stayed the same? It is our responsibility as practitioners to guide the patients and the patient caretaker into the most appropriate healing and have some logic behind it. You know, how long will this take? It depends. And why does it depend? It depends because if you don't stop doing what hurt it, it's not going to heal ever. And be willing to point that out because... We cannot assume that awareness, our awareness, is a universal awareness. Yep. And it's really about paying attention to the animal, listening to what they have to say to you, and then getting diagnostics to make sure you're on the right track. I mean, you really have to have that end piece because that's really important. You have to know when your animal's ready to go back to work. And again, without that patience... If you put them back to work too early and they get re-injured, you're going to be out a lot longer and possibly end up having to retire an animal because you tried to start too early. Exactly. So your homework for this week is to associate relaxation and breathing 
and taking your time and building the confidence in your methodology so that you can give it time. We wish you a very happy and healthy holiday season. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And allow your patients to be patient.